Locked On Podcast Network presents Locked On Sports Today. Clay Thompson crashed the Steph versus LeBron showdown and helped even this marquee Western Conference series. Also, what to watch for with this year's Kentucky Derby and what the Bucks firing Mike Budenholzer means. I'm Peter Bukowski, starting your day with the can't miss stories and biggest debates in sports. You're locked on sports today. Searching all major sports. Found. Let's start with the biggest story. The LA Lakers went into the Golden State Warriors house, the defending champs, and stole game one. But Steph Curry, Steve Kerr, Clay Thompson, they don't, they don't get mad. They get even, and that's exactly what they did in game two, a 127 to 100 beatdown of LeBron and the Lakers. Cyrus Satsas from Locked On Warriors joins me now. And Cyrus, this was the Clay Thompson game of this series so far. Maybe there will be more, but so far it was. He had 30 on 11 of 18, including 8 of 11 on threes. And after he struggled with his shot in game one, he found it in game two. What did you see the Warriors do to help get him off in this game? They, uh, I, yeah, Clay, Clay struggled in the second half, especially of game one. He had a good first half, and second half was awful. I think he went two for nine. Um, wh- one thing the Warriors did offensively tonight, uh, which changed things, and it probably freed up Clay a lot because one thing Clay was doing tonight that we haven't seen much of this entire postseason is him playing the role of spot up shooter and not trying to uh, force shots, not trying to, uh, you know, uh, put up shots off the dribble where he's usually not as successful, uh, right? Like like the game he's most notorious for, that 60-pointer, uh, where he had to think of like 11 dribbles that yeah. whole game to get 60 points. So when he's dribbling, when he's trying to, 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 to create the action himself, he usually suffers from that. So tonight, Stephen Curry took a lot more of a facilitator role. Like he finished with 12 assists, which I think was his highest postseason total in 10 years, which is wow. kind of scary if you think about it. Um, so, and, and part of that was the Warriors making the adjustment offensively to implement the pick and roll, which is not something they normally do, even though I personally always love it. I think Stephen Curry is one of the greatest pick and roll players this game's ever seen, yet they don't run that offensive system. So we don't see it enough when they run the pick and roll. It is deadly. It's efficient. And you saw that tonight. And so Steph didn't score a lot of points because he, he took on more of a point guard role. Uh, you know, other opposing teams usually trap. Uh, double team they're, they they orchestrate their, their defenses entirely to stop Steph and he was cognizant of that and he got Clay and others involved and and so Clay had this incredibly efficient night where he went eight for 11 for beyond the arc and led the game at 30 points the other side of the box score counting is Draymond Green who is never or at least rarely going to impress us with the numbers he put up in the box score. the classic Draymond Green 11 11 and 9 in this one but was immensely impactful in the game, especially on defense without Kevon Looney, who played only 12 game or 12 minutes in this game because he was under the weather and the Warriors held the Lakers to a hundred points in this one. Defensively, they played really well. Did, was it, was it rotations? Was it Jermichael Green? What did you see? What did you think the key was defensively for the Warriors? Well, in terms of, of, of Anthony Davis, right? I mean, I mean, what we saw in game one versus who was unbelievable tonight, in game one. He was, but he, he played 43 minutes in game one. He played 32 and changed tonight, and, but he only scored 11 points. Jermichael Green outscored Anthony Davis, and Jermichael Green only <laughs> played 12, 11. Yeah, 12 <laughs> minutes, 32 seconds. Uh, and, and a huge reason that for that, though, was because in game one, uh, the Warriors went with the same strategy they went with in Sacramento. 
which alludes to what Kerr was saying after the game about game one being a feel out game. Um, Kevon Looney, it cannot defend Anthony Davis. That is too much for him. Anthony Davis is too fast, too athletic, uh, too multifaceted. Uh, it's one thing to guard DeMontis Sabonis. It's another thing to guard Anthony Davis. We saw this last year in the postseason as well. Uh, in the first round when the Warriors played the Nuggets, Looney could not guard Nikola Jokic. And so they made the fast adjustment, a fast ad adjustment in that regard by having Draymond guard Jokic most, most of that series. And what we saw tonight is the Warriors giving up immediately on Looney guarding Anthony Davis, and they went with Draymond Green, a player who's had a history of success guarding a uh, Anthony Davis. The one player uh, in the crossover episode I did with the Locked On Lakers host, um, I, I asked them what they thought about Draymond Green being Anthony Davis's kryptonite. Uh, he's notorious for that. But game one, Draymond Green was also in foul trouble, uh, so mm. he was playing like weird minutes uh, outside of his normal rotations. Um, and the results showed tonight Draymond Green was defending Anthony Davis from from minute one. And you saw Anthony Davis struggle mightily. Now, wh whether he does that again in game three in L.A., that's going to be the fascinating question that we will find the answer out to soon. Stay up to date all year on the Golden State Warriors by subscribing to Locked On Sports today and Locked On Warriors on your favorite podcast app and on YouTube. Thanks for making Locked On Sports today your first listen. Coming up, what can you expect from this year's Kentucky Derby, the 149th running? Before we answer that, sports betting has shook the college sports landscape. Looking for a delicious snack but don't want all the sugar and the calories? Then you need the best tasting protein bar ever. You, you have to try this. It's Built Bar. I make it part of my daily routine. I have them every day or at least almost every day. I try to have them every day. You know why? Because I love eating them. I don't eat them because I have to. I don't eat them because they're healthy or at least not solely because they're healthy. I eat them because they taste great and they fuel my body with what I want. 17 grams of protein with just 130 calories and four, yes, four grams of sugar despite being covered in 100% real chocolate. I don't understand it. It does not make sense to me how they're able to pull that off, but they are. And now you don't have to go to built.com if you don't want to, to get a box. You don't have to wait for them to deliver them to you. You can go to Walmart, pick up a box for yourself. You go to Sam's Club, pick up a mega box for yourself and you get instant gratification. Now, here's what you need to be locked on today. The Dallas Stars look to even their second-round playoff series with the Seattle Kraken. Well, it was a sleepy performance for the Seattle Kraken as they fall to the Dallas Stars in Game 2, Round 2, 4-2. to two. The Seattle Kraken kind of playing along with Dallas early in the first period, but then by the second half, Dallas really established themselves, were able to get this game going. Philip Grubauer saw 37 shots, made 33 saves, an 8-9-2 save percentage. Overall, the face-off wins. It was a point of emphasis for Jen Botterill and the rest of the broadcast crew. 69% from the dot for the Stars to Seattle's 31%. We only had one power play opportunity. It was not pretty. Whereas the Dallas Stars did score on one of their three power plays. The Seattle Kraken did get goals from Ty Cartier and a beautiful, and I mean beautiful, goal by Eberle 
in the waning minutes of the third period to just get us to that second goal. Other than this, you pack up the stuff, you get on the plane, and you get to Seattle, get as much rest as possible before game three at Climate Pledge Arena. I just can't get over how cool Kraken is. It's just one of the best names in sports. Like immediately as soon as it existed, it was one of the best names in sports. Incredible stuff. The Florida Panthers cannot be stopped. After silencing a record-breaking Bruins team, they're now two games up on the Maple Leafs. The Florida Panthers go into Toronto and steal both games in Scotiabank Arena. What is up, guys? I'm Ron Velez from the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast, and the Florida Panthers defeat the Toronto Maple Leafs by a final score of 3-2 in regulation. And the Florida Panthers, they fell behind early 2-0 to the Toronto Maple Leafs as they scored twice in the first five minutes, one of them being a power play goal. But the Florida Panthers kept being resilient. And the key to the Florida Panthers coming back from this was their ability to create turnovers, especially as the Toronto Maple Leafs were exiting the zone. And the Florida Panthers' active sticks and timely goaltending has been the key for, for this series for the Panthers. And Sergei Bobrovsky, 10 million reasons for the Florida Panthers to be happy about his performance proposing a 945 save percentage in the first two games the good and bad news for the Leafs is their fans are used to this kind of playoff disappointment if they're not able to pull out of this series and there must be something with Florida sports teams because just like the Panthers the Tampa Bay Rays also cannot be stopped they have done it again. They have swept another series. My name is Ulysses Sambrana, host of the Locked on Race podcast. Yes, you heard me correctly. The Rays did sweep another series, this time against the Pittsburgh Pirates, who were holding the best record in the National League. But the Rays said, yeah, we don't care about that. We're just going to sweep you anyway. And that's what they did with three solo shots from Taylor Walls, Randy Rosarena, and Yandy Diaz. Randy and Yandy now hold the team lead in home runs with eight. Taylor Walls is at five. What a revelation, the offensive production from all these three guys this year. However, Zach Eflin is the MVP of today's game with seven scoreless innings with 10 punches, only allowing three hits and no walks. To hear about the Tampa Bay Rays who hold the best record and the entire MLB, subscribe to Locked On Rays on YouTube and any other podcast platform. The Rays are one of just seven teams to win at least 26 of their first 32 games. Four of the previous six of those teams won the World Series that year. Don't mind me just looking up there. Future odds on FanDuel to win the World Series. The University of Alabama fired its baseball coach, Brad Bohannon, Thursday as an investigation continues into suspicious betting activity. When you hear this story, you will go suspicious indeed. Six days ago, two wagers were placed on the Crimson Tides game against the LSU Tigers. The wagers were for LSU to win and were placed around the same time Alabama decided to scratch its listed starter and replace him with a pitcher who hadn't started a game in six weeks. And guess what happened? LSU won. Surprise, surprise. Video surveillance showed an individual at a sports book at Great American Ballpark in Cincinnati on a cell phone shortly before placing 
about the Ohio Casino Control Commission have proven the person in Cincinnati was communicating with Bohannon. Multiple sports books reported little to no betting activity on the game. While the exact amounts of the bets by the individual in Ohio are not known, they are reportedly for significant amounts. Ohio, New Jersey, Indiana, Pennsylvania, they've all suspended wagering on Alabama baseball games while the investigation continues. Here is another story you need to know. It is the 149th run for the Roses this weekend. The Kentucky Derby back again. Forte is the current favorite, according to our friends at FanDuel. And speaking of our friends at FanDuel, Ken Rudolph from FanDuel TV joins me now to break down all of the betting angles as we head toward another Derby weekend. And Ken, as you look at this board, three to one, five to one, those are pretty short odds. So if if you are going to look at, okay, how do I find maximum value? Is it there or is it somewhere further down the board, do you think? Uh, first off, thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate y'all giving us some time to get everybody excited about this. And finding value, value is everywhere in the Kentucky Derby. That's what makes it difficult. Every single horse that's going to be in the gate, they've earned the right to be in that gate. Mm-hmm. They have shown ability throughout the entire prep season. And a lot of them even showed it as two-year-olds, which happened last year in the fall. They showed talent and they kept getting better and better and better. They ran in specific designated races where their competition was all other horses who were trying to do the exact same thing nominated for the Kentucky Derby, trying to get into the gate. They win those races. So every single horse, all 20, they belong here. So then it's really all about what you want to do. Because, you know, following the favorite doesn't really ensure that you're going to be able to cash a ticket on Derby Day because favorites, they lose a lot in the Kentucky Derby because, like I said, there's 20 horses and they all deserve to be there. Right. So. Forte is an incredible animal, but he does not re- represent any value uh, whatsoever. So you're taking a chance in playing a horse like that in a field of 20 because any traffic problems and you're done. So right. you got to find value elsewhere. Um, there, and it's, it, it is everywhere. We just had, quote unquote, breaking news that a horse that was supposed to run in the Derby had to be scratched out. I don't know how good your memory is. But this happened exactly the same scenario last year. Yep. Horse was supposed to be in. Last minute he scratched out. Number 21 sneaks into the race and beats everybody at 81 to 1. Number 21 just got put into the race. Cyclone mischief. He's going to be a big price and he's going to be interesting. So up and down the board, there are prices. I like a horse named Confidence Game. He's going to be horse number four. And he's 20 to 1 on the morning line. And I'll probably get that maybe even better post-time odds and I'm very happy with that that is that is a fun name certainly to be thinking about are, are you are you going to be by the way all these names I just love the names right. of all of these races right. I would love to just be in charge of naming racehorses um the the fun thing about racing for those of of um us and and those listening who have not played it regularly is you can do some fun things exactas um, and and trifectas and all kinds of other different ways to pair these bets together. Now you're you're looking at uh, more difficult things to hit potentially, yeah. but that means also a bigger payout. Do you have something in mind, some sort of combination bet that you really like in this one? So here's the thing: there are about 
a million and one different wagers you can put together for the yeah like, for sure <laughs> the combinations are crazy and luckily for us our fans our friends at FanDuel Sportsbook app you can do it all there easily with one push of a button yep but here's the thing I always tell people especially if you're new to this game do not absolutely do not try to get tricky with trifectas and superfectas because <laughs> if you're not if you don't know how that works you're just with all due respect you're wasting your money so don't do that but I do believe that everyone should do two very basic things when you play the Kentucky Derby. Number one thing is find one horse that you like, just one. And you absolutely have to bet that horse to win and to place. So, you know, I always give you a basic bankroll of maybe $50 is all you need. If you think about that, that's really nothing for the Kentucky Derby. $10 to win and place on your horse. That's $20 you've just spent, Rob. Now you've got $30 left. You absolutely have to do this one thing. It's called an exacta. And what you'll do is you will key your winning horse on top. So you say, I love confidence game. So I single confidence game on top of my exacta. That means he has to win the race. And then you know what I do in the second spot? I push all. I don't care who runs second. It's the derby. I'm hoping for chaos. I'm hoping here comes a 75 to one shot that's flying up the inside and just misses out and runs second. That's where you get your value. You play your horse to win first or second. And then you say, you know what? If I really like this horse, I'm going to bet this horse to win. And whatever comes in second, I'm going to cash a ticket on the exacta. That costs you for $1. That's going to cost you $19. So now I just helped you. You just spent $39. You still got $11 left. Come on. Come on. I love it. You're practically making me money on all of this. Uh, this is this is always going to be fun. It is it is heart in your throat moments as you come down the final stretch, as we saw last year with an 88 to one long shot winning the Derby. And hey, if you can make a little money on it, all the better. Ken, I appreciate your time. Hey, Peter, thank you so much, man. I appreciate you as well. Have a fantastic Derby weekend. Good luck, everybody. Coming up, the Bucks did not hesitate to make a change after a disappointing playoff exit. Milwaukee Bucks decided to part ways with coach Mike Budenholzer on Thursday. Locked on host Kane Pittman and Frank Madden have some thoughts. Yeah, I mean, I think sadness because it's just, you know, it's kind of the, you know, chickens coming home to roost or however you want to frame it of what we just saw happen in the first round of the playoffs. And again, I, you know, I mean, I can't imagine ownership, front office, anybody was thinking that this is what we'd be talking about in early May. Um, but then I think also just in the grand scheme of, you know, as you kind of laid it out, sadness because this is arguably the best coach the team's ever had, you know, put Don Nelson and Larry Costello probably in that conversation as well. Uh, I'll I tell you what I thought about, uh, because, you know, for me with sports, you remember different images or different moments. And yeah, there were some tough moments. And the interesting thing about this era with the Bucks is they won the title smack bang in the middle of probably the disappointments on on either side. And so many things, the pandemic is maybe one of the biggest question marks we will have about this uh, iteration of the Bucks and what would have happened if if COVID didn't hit and they were just absolutely on a tear uh, at that point in time. So who knows? There's all these types of what ifs. And hey, that's kind of what Giannis said when, you know, sports and things happen in sports. It would be easy to assume that this firing was only because the Bucks lost in inglorious fashion to the Miami Heat, a 1-8 historic upset, but that's not true. That's not the whole story, certainly. 
the championship papers over what had been a slew of playoff disappointments past. 2019, they had a 2-0 series lead in the Eastern Conference Finals against the eventual title winners, the Raptors. They looked fully in control of that series. And then things fell apart. In 2020, they were a historically great regular season team until the bubble spoiled everything. They go into the bubble and they lose, guess who, to the Miami Heat. Now, they win the title in 2021, but they were a Kevin Durant toenail away from potentially losing that series in the Eastern Conference semifinals. And the calls during that series were for Mike Budenholzer's job. He, if Kevin Durant ends up hitting a three instead of a two, he may have been fired then, but they win the title. But when you take it in full context, it is not a sparkling track record. In fact, the inglorious exits outweigh the glorious purpose of a title. Now, that's not to say the title should mean nothing, but I think sometimes we forget because a title can do this some of the bad. And losing to an eight seed is going to make everyone remember all the bad again. And finally, Lamar Jackson got the bag. He set all kinds of contract records and will be leading the Ravens for the next five years. In his first press conference since signing the deal, Jackson had some ambitious goals for his newly renovated passing attack. I told, I think I told someone like, man, I want to throw for like 6,000 yards with the weapons we have, <laughs> like, you know, and I'm, I'm not an individual award type of guy or a stat watcher, you know, I just want to do that, you know, because no one ever done it and I feel like we have the weapons to do it. Go bet the over, I guess. Thanks for making Locked On Sports today your first listen. Now go find your favorite team's Locked On podcast and make them your second listen. Coming up Monday, we'll catch you up in the weekend that was in the NBA playoffs. So at least until tomorrow. Stay locked on sports today.